Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So today I'm going to be uh, talking about a step of faith. I don't know if you guys, uh, oh man, I'm going to date myself. Saw a movie with Indiana Jones. And the, and it, does, do people know who Indiana Jones is? Oh, no? Okay, make sure. Uh, there's not that many young people, so I don't feel so old. And there's, and there's a moment that he's going through some, like a puzzle, trying to get through to a, to, to a place, and there's a big, like, abyss between where he is and where he needs to get to. You guys follow me? Yeah? And there's nothing there. And somehow, somewhere, he figures out that he's got to st- step, he has to take a step of faith in order for it to appear. In other words, that, that bridge or that path will not appear until he decides to take a step of faith. But the, the problem is that he doesn't see anything. All he sees is an abyss. So today, I pray that God will stir up faith in our hearts to take the necessary step that he's asking us to take. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your presence that is evidence in this place, my God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that every word that comes from my mouth is directed by you, Lord, and it comes from the Father's heart. And I pray that it would reach our hearts today, my God, and stir up faith and courage, my God, to move and do what you're asking us to do. We love you and we thank you for setting your eyes on us because if we're here today, it's because you wanted it to be that way. There's no coincidence, Father. So everything that we experience in this place today, you planned it for us. We honor you and we lift you up in this place. Jesus, I exalt you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Draw every person that is here to you, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2.9. And it says this. That is what scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I don't know, the first time I I, I read the scripture, I was in in an internship in Texas, and I remember reading, actually, I got to confess, I got got in trouble uh, for something over there, like I I didn't do something, and I got, the discipline was that I had to memorize the scripture. And I had to write it over and over again. And I, God took me to the scripture. And when I read it, I was like, man, this is crazy. And you know what I did? I sat there and I closed my eyes. And I began to imagine the craziest, wildest thing that I could imagine with this human mind. And then I opened my eyes and I realized that not even that can meet to what God has for us. The imagination of a human being is crazy, guys. We imagining. Yes? Kids, you look at, I mean, I remember when my son was young, younger, and, and, and he would play, and he was like, Daddy, and this guy, he had wings and fire, and he jumped from here, and he did this. And I remember when I used to do it, too, I used to play with G.I. Joes. And I remember getting my shoelaces and tying it down to, like, the, 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 the handle of the cabinet and tying it down to the bottom of the bed. And then I would get a bucket from, a cleaning bucket from my, from my, uh, my, my mom's, you know, cleaning stuff. And I would put it there, fill it up with water, and I would slide it. And I'm like, 
God gave us an imagination. But even that what God gave us is not enough to be able to contain the plans that God has for you and me. I pray that that stirs faith in your, in your heart today. It stirs faith in my heart because not even your wildest dreams can contain the plans and purposes that God has for his children. And I don't know what it is that you're living today, but if you, if you can see it, or maybe you can't even see it, but if you can trust him, then everything changes. The way you live today changes because you understand that you can't conceive what God has for you. And, 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 and the, the, the end of the verse says, to those who love him, to those who love him, John 17, 3 says this. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life, I know when we talk about eternal life, we talk about like living forever, yeah? There was a, a, a movie called The Sandlot, and there was a moment that this skinny white kid was like, forever, forever. He said, and he got a close-up of his lips, forever. Well, you know what? Eternal life is not just eternity. Eternal life is knowing God. It's knowing God. And to know God is to love God. Because it's impossible that you know who God is and you know his heart and not fall in love with him. You understand me? Like, God is so good that you just get one glimpse of who he really is and you're done. You know? It's kind of like, you know, when you, I remember when I, when, like, because I knew Hema for a couple years before she, you know, I got, I got hit with the dart of, of love. I always make fun of my, of my wife because she's Nika. So she got me with that blow dart. <laughs> you know? Um, I love you because she, she's watching but I remember she, we were at a 15s, and I can tell you, I was sitting on a couch, we were in a, in a friend's house, and she walked in with this red dress, and I was like, whoa, where have you been these long 17 years of my life? <laughs> and she just, I was overwhelmed by her beauty. Imagine getting a glimpse of who God is. Imagine what that does to a soul of a man. See, to know God is to love him. And I believe that we have in Numa a place for you to love God. You know that uh, when, when you got, when, I don't know, when you were dating, you know, your wife or your husband, when you wanted to like get to know them, you would go to like, you know, you would go to a place with the right atmosphere, yeah? Right lighting, you know, you know, you're by yourself or whatever, you know, the music in the background, you got, you got, you got uh, Brian McKnight playing in the background. And that's not a sandwich at McDonald's, that's a singer from back in the day of R&B, just in case you didn't know. One, it's like a dream come true, two, just wanna, I'm singing to my wife, just wanna be with you now. You set an atmosphere so that, you can, so that you can have an experience with that person and get to know them and fall in love with them and hear their hearts. You, 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 you prepare a place where you can have great conversation 
And we have a place like that in Numa, and it's here on Sunday services. When we have the right lighting and the right music and the right language and conversation so that you can know and love God. So maybe it's your first time here. Well, I want to welcome you here because this is the atmosphere where you encounter God. And you fall in love with God. I remember when I walked first in this place, I was, I was a little thug with a limp, with grills, a, a tattoo in my stomach. My, I, wore, I was a size 30 waist. I was wearing a size 38 waist. Like if I jumped off a building, I would just glide down. <laughs> Crazy. And I remember coming in here with my heart hard, and, and I walked through those doors, man. And all of a sudden, I felt something that I never felt before. And I couldn't, I couldn't quite put my, my finger on him. I'm like, what is But then tears started running down my face. And I'm like, what is going on? What is this? Because, I, you know, I was a man's man, and I didn't like to cry in public, you know? And then all of a sudden, you got the, 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 the ushers and the greeting, and they started hugging me. And I'm like, listen, bro. I looked up here in the front. There was a dude with a, with a uh, I don't know what you call it, a cinta, like a ribbon. Out of all the instruments that he could have picked that day, he picked a ribbon. And I walk in through the door and I'm like, what in the world is going on here? These guys are hugging me. That guy's up there going like this with a ribbon. What kind of church is this? But what, what was causing that, the tears running on my face, wasn't the guy was with the ribbon. It was the presence of God making himself known to me, even though I didn't know who he was. To know God is to love God. And we have a platform here specifically made for you to encounter him. So maybe you're here for the first time. I want to tell you, your next step of faith is to come here on Sunday and let his presence saturate. And if you just come here and you're crying every Sunday for the next two months, well, that's what you need to do. And then when it started happening, I started getting, I started trying to find uh, all the songs. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, we used CDs. I don't think anybody uses CDs anymore. But I, I, you know, we would burn CDs, which I know you weren't supposed to do, but I wasn't sanctified yet. You know, so I would get CDs and I would burn them. And I would get all the songs I would hear in church and burn them. And I would just go to, to my room and just cry in my room in the presence. I didn't know how to pray. I, uh, every other word was a curse word. So imagine trying to pray. Lord, I baby love you. You can't because even though, even though I, if I would, God would have understood because he... He loves me just the way I am. He doesn't want me to stay there. He wants me to grow. But So if if you haven't taken that step, if you're not coming Sunday after Sunday, if you're not experiencing the presence, I I challenge you that that would be your next step. That you would come on Sundays and say, you know what, I'm going to come every Sunday. I'm going to listen to the word and I'm going to just sit in the presence of God. And I guarantee you after a week or two, you won't be the same person. A month and a half will pass and you'll be transformed and you won't even recognize yourself. You'd be up here lifting your hands, crying in the presence, you know, just, and the, and, and man, and the worship in this house is, mm. you know, because when things are, are so good that they don't have words, you just got to, mm, you got to make a sound, you know what I'm saying? The worship in this house is, mm, it's good. Not every house has worship like this. Enjoy it. Amen. All right. And then it comes a moment in my, in my relationship with my wife, you know, after, after dating for, I'm not even going to tell you how many years we dated for because it's just not healthy. Because I, I liked her when we were in high school. Like she was 15 and I was 17. And we had to, it was just a whole process back in the day that 
I, I, I say the word process and I, and I twitch. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just tough. But, but I'm, what, what I want to tell you is there's a moment in, in, in the relationship that, that it just, I had to make things public. Like, not, dating wasn't enough. You understand? The love that I had for her and the love that she had for me just grew to a point that it needed, it needed another uh, commitment. It needed another level of, 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 uh, of giving myself to her and her giving myself to, herself to me. And we were at a, a choir of the fire event. Um, that, that, uh, how many guys went to a choir of the fire? Jesus, man, now we're, I'm old. Not one young person, not even under 20, it's your old too, man. Stop raising your hand. <laughs> but Acquire the Fire was amazing, man. Let me tell you, those events changed generations. Like, there's great leaders now, a fruit of what, those, of what Ron Luce and Acquire the Fire did. And I remember we're in an event, and I'm there, and then I feel like the Holy Spirit says, I want you to, to propose to Emma. So I had a ring, and the ring wasn't even her size. Like, I hadn't got it fitted yet. Because I wasn't planning to propose, but I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me. But the problem with that is that the, 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 the venue, they never allow things like that to happen because they, they, they open themselves to people to pull pranks and do all these things, you know. So they, it was always a no. But I, I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me. So I went to the guy that kind of directs everything, and I'm like, hey, listen, I know you don't do this, but uh, I feel from, from God that this is what. And the guy was like, hmm, let me talk to Ron. And I'm like, oh, man. I talked to Ron. That's like when... The mom says, let me talk to your father. You know, it's the same thing. You know it's a no. You're like, ah. You know, my kids know when they say, let me talk to your dad. They're like, ah. And I remember Ron Luce gets there, and he had like a little workshop. And after the workshop, the guy says, hey, come. And he's like, look, this this, this young man wants to to, to ask you something. So I asked him, I'm like, listen, I really feel that from God that I need to. And then he's like, how do you know she's going to say yes? And I was like. I didn't really think about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's, it's a lot of people. There was like six or 7,000 young people in, 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 the, in the UM arena. And he's like, okay. He's like, not, not only are you going to be able to do it, but I'm going to set it up for you. So I need you to sit in the front. So I sat there in the front. It was me, Hema, and I think Pastor Chris and Gabby. And I think my, uh, my, one of my best friends, Henio and Carol, they were behind us. And I'm nervous, man. Like, and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm tired. You know, and, then she, and so then he's like, oh, I, I, we're going to take three questions from anybody. Ron Luce, he's like, raise your hand. And I raise my hand and, and my wife's like, put your hand down. What are you doing? And then she's like, what are you going to ask him? And I'm like, bro, I never thought that she was going to ask me that question. And I'm like, uh, um, like how, lo- how, how, how far or how, how far does the love of God like go? What? <laughs> Bro, that was horrible. One of the worst lies I've ever told, but it was bad. And she's like, she's like, Koshi. She calls me Koshi. She's like, his love endures forever. And I'm like, girl, if you knew what I was trying to do, man, you get off my back, you know? And then finally he called me, and then and I was like, oh, this question is not for everybody. This question is for, for this beautiful young lady. And I was like, oh, I got on my knee. And before I could get on my knee, all the young people from our church came to the front. Ah, it was crazy. It was a public display of my love. And you know what? We should do the same for Christ. And I have good news. Next Sunday, we have baptisms. Come on now. <laughs>
And so if you have never, ever made a public display or expression of your love and your commitment for Jesus Christ, get baptized on Sunday, man. Let, every, let the world know that you follow and love Jesus. You hear me? Baptism is not a, it's not a, it's, a, it's the real deal. You're telling everybody that knows you, this, the, 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 the world that you can see and the world that you can't see that you belong to Christ. And that you will follow him and you will live for him and you will die for him. Amen? Amen. So next Sunday, don't miss out. Both services. Pastor Adam said he's going to wear his Speedo, so don't miss it. I'm, like, I'm just messing around. Pastor Chris is like, I'm never leaving you preaching again. It's bad. Help me, Lord. First point was love God. Second point, be free. First John 3, 16. Oh, my goodness. Liz, the clock. You Help me, Jesus. Say, help him, Jesus. John 3, 16 says this. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. See, Jesus showed us what real love is. He showed us what real love is by giving up his life for us. I, I, there was, there was, there was a, there was a, a group in that, in that internship that I went to, and they were radical, bro. And then, you know how we say, hey, bro, God bless, love you, man. So you would do that, hey, hi, God bless, love you, man. And you know what they would say? Would you die for me? You, you crazy, bro, what's wrong with you? I just met you like a month ago, you know? But they were trying to make a point that we use that word love so lightly. This world, oh, I love uh, pizza. I love steak. I love the dolphins. I love the hurricanes. I love... When that word love carries weight, so much weight that the expression of that love cost our Lord and Savior his life. So the word love God takes another connotation when we see it like that. But now we're in this point, be free. A lot of us like to stay in, the, in, the, in, the, in just the presence and we're on our own and by ourselves, but freedom comes in a different way. It comes in relationship. Because you know what? We can manipulate the, the voice that we hear from God. Or am I the only one that's ever done that? Come on, let's be real. Oh no, the Lord told me. But in reality, that you don't want to go with that, with that, with that boy, that, that, that brother that kind of annoys you, or that sister that kind of bothers you, that you don't like. So you said, the Lord told me that I need to do this so that you can get out of it. Oh, I just, I'm the only one? We've all done it. Come on now. We're human beings. Guess what? We're probably going to do it again. But what I'm saying is that freedom comes in, in, in relationship. Laying your life down. So if I have a bunch of, we come, we come to the Lord. It's not really going to do that, but we come to the Lord with all our stuff, our crisis, our issues, our, our pain and our troubles. And, and we come and then we come to the church. But when we come to relationship, when we go, when we go into a place with relationship with brothers and sisters, we have a decision to make. Are we, are we going to love them like Christ loves us? Because what happens is that when I, when I stop worrying about my stuff and worry about some, somebody else's life, you lay down your life for theirs. Your, your, your hands become free to receive whatever God has for you. So as you lay down your life, God gives you a new one. 
You know why a lot of us don't grow? Because we just stay focused on our stuff and we never lay it down. But if we were to lay it down for our brothers and sisters, you would see the growth exponentially happen in our lives because God will continue to give you more and more as you continue to empty yourself for others. Amen? And not only that, but how many people don't, don't like being loved unconditionally, man? How many of you guys like to have, be loved conditionally? Conditionally? You want conditions on your love? No. I want it unconditional. Because if it's conditional, the conditions determine if they love you or not. If it's unconditional, then there's no condition or action or failure that can occur that will cause that person to stop loving you. If you are not, if you are not fully known, you will never feel fully loved. If you refuse to let people know you for who you really are, you're never going to know if people really love you. And the Bible says that friendship, that a friend is loves you unconditionally, and a brother is born for adversity. How many of you guys like going through troubles by yourself? No. You want to link arms. The other day we were praying for, for a brother of ours, and, and, and Pastor Milton took a picture. And man, we got to frame that thing. We were lifting his arms and we were praying and we were just, it was just the presence was so thick. I'm going to be honest, my, my shoulder was getting a little tired because we were holding the, the, his hands up for a while and I had to switch arms. Me and Pastor Milton were going like this because we were, the prayer was long and my, you, know, it was, it was, you know, it was tough, you know. I, 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 feel, I, feel, <laughs> I, I feel for the brothers that had to hold Moses' arms up, you know what I'm saying, because that was, that was tough. See, we have a place for that here in Numa and it's called small groups. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be impacted in a service, but you'll be transformed in a small group. When people can encourage you, when people can lift, can lift you up, when people can confront you in love, when people can t- call you out on your junk, when people can, can lift you up when you're down, can, can go to your house and give you a bowl of hot soup when you're sick. Like, come on now. God didn't call us to walk this alone. And we have a, a, a Pastor Adrian, how many, how many small groups do we have right now? 40? 40 small groups. That, mean you got, that means you guys have 40 options to be able to include yourself in relationship, in brotherhood and sisterhood in this house. You hear me? There's no excuse. You want to you wanna grow, you want to be transformed? Connect to a small group. Amen? All right. Step three. I'm moving, I'm moving. Step three, step three. Live on purpose. Proverbs 9.21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We all have plans. Yeah? How many of you guys have plans? And there's nothing wrong with plans. You know, you probably know, if you're a student, you're probably thinking, man, I want to go to to this college, I want to study this. If, you know, if you're a grown person, you're like, you know what, I want to retire, I want to live here, and, and whatever. There's nothing wrong with, pla- with plans. But I want you to understand something. Don't put everything and all your effort in your plans because God's purpose will prevail. Because you know what happens? Sometimes we lift things. I remember I played high school football, and I went to Miami Christian. And you know how many players we had on our football team? Sixteen. You know how many players are on the field at the same time? 11. 
So we had to go both ways, and we didn't have, we barely had like two big guys. So you know where they stuck this five foot six on a good day, he's five foot seven, short guy? They put me on the offensive line. If you guys ever watch a football game, the offensive linemen are the guys that are 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, about 350 pounds. Now, in high school, it's not like that, but every school that we played, I was always the shortest one. And then they also wear the big pads. So, look, I, I don't have a neck. Like, you know, God didn't bless me. I, I, was, I was like, Lord, if you would have given me a neck, I would have been at least 5'8". Five nine, but he didn't give me a neck, man. So, so I put on those pads, bro, and I looked like a oompa loompa, like the helmet. The pads were up to here, and I was just like trying to move, like I couldn't move. I'm like, what's going on? And because of necessity, they put me in a place that I didn't belong. And I'm gonna tell you something. There's a lot of times because of necessities in life, you go and you're placed in places that you don't belong. But if you find the purpose that God created you for, your life changes forever. Everything begins to make sense. Things fit right. Like there's a passion because purpose produces passion. If you don't have a purpose, then you don't have a passion. You want to stop somebody from dying? Give them purpose. Because once they know what they were created for. And I want to tell you something. This is not just anything. That we, 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 we say that word purpose. You know, I need to understand that God says he knew you before you were in your other's mother's womb. Yes? So you were not just, you were just created for purpose. You were made on purpose. So I don't know how you got to this earth. But you were filled with purpose and you're here on purpose. And then the Bible says that he knit, once he knew you before the womb, then he got you in the womb, and then in secret, he knitted you together. That means every single detail of your being was made for a specific purpose. I have great news. Here in Numa, we have something called the growth track. It's a four-step process. It's not a magic wand. It's a four-step process that you go, and it helps you begin to understand your giftings and what you were created for. And once you catch that, man, your life will be changed. Not only your life, but the life of your generations. Because all of a sudden, the way you raise your kids changes. All of a sudden, the way that you treat your wife changes. All of a sudden, everything shifts. How you work how you live, how you love, everything changes because of purpose. You guys are here with me? The last point. Band can come up. Make a difference. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged, or did did I give you the scripture? 2 Corinthians 8, 6, and 7. I'm sorry. So we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. So he's talking about giving, but then he makes like a little, a little like, you know, side note. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, in your, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. This scripture teaches about giving, but it also talks about giving of themselves. Because faith, gifted speakers, knowledge, enthusiasm, and love have nothing, has nothing to do with money. 
or possessions. It has to do with who you are. How many of you guys are here today? Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. <laughs> just, just in case, you know. You know. If you're here today, it's because somebody made a difference in your life. I mean, there's very few times that somebody's driving and all of a sudden, you know, the Lord, the Lord you know, turns the car into the church, or, you know. Sometimes it happens, you know, there's nothing, it happens. But for the majority of the times, someone invited you or impacted you or impressed on you so that you would be here today. Yes? Yes? So can we do the same for someone else? Can we make a difference in someone's life? And the thing is that this can be, this sometimes and most of the time is a life or death difference, right? Remember when I was about 20 years old, a close friend of mine, my mom was very particular about sleepovers. And I don't know how many parents are like that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like that too. My, my, my daughter hasn't asked me yet, but when she asks, the first one's going to be no. And maybe the one through five the times, I'm going to say no. Around six or seven, I'll start thinking about it. I'm just joking. But we're very particular on who we let sleep over. And he, she, she used to let me stay at his house. And, uh, and, and I, he had a dog. His, his dog was named Max. So that, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't fun, but it, it, was a, it was a black German shepherd. You know what I'm saying? So kind of understood each other you know what I'm saying um, my wife would be giving me the look right now just in case she's probably looking through the camera like oh my goodness and uh, you know I came to the feet of Christ he took me to he used to go to Sunday school in a Baptist church and he, I went like two or three times with him and uh, I got into craziness he got into craziness and he got into a car accident one time he was drugged out, got into a car accident, and he was like, I think it was like two centimeters away from being paralyzed from the neck down. And I went into the, I went into the, to the hospital room, and I looked at him, and all I can say was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't make the difference in your life, man. I'm sorry that knowing what I know, and knowing who I know, I didn't make a difference. I'm sorry because I was selfish with what God had given me. Today, will you take a step of faith? I don't know if it's to come here on Sundays or to join a small group or to go into the growth track or to join Dream Team. take the step of faith because someone's life is at stake and God chose you to reveal himself on this planet I want to pray for all those people that today want to take a step of faith if that's you 
and you identify with one of those things mentioned, just raise your hand right there. I'm raising my hand with you. Just raise your hand. It's okay. There's no shame in that. I'm going to pray for you. Just close your eyes. If you're watching online, just close your eyes and you know that God is tugging at your heart. Just close your eyes. I just want to pray for you as well. Father, I thank you for every person that is here this morning. You brought them here for a reason. And you alone know that reason. So I ask you, Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would move and seal the word that's been spoken today in every single heart, in every single life. I declare, my God, that today we take a step of faith. We will not stand there and do nothing. But like that example, even though it's scary, we're going to step forward and watch someone's life get transformed, starting with ours. Just close your eyes for a second. Just meditate on what the Holy Spirit's talking to you about. our lives upon you Christ the rock before we close many years ago I was in depression suicidal didn't want to live I, I felt
felt abandoned and alone. I had so many things going on in the interior where no one else can see. And 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 something happened. I I I encountered Jesus Christ. Or he he came looking for me. And I embraced him as my Lord and Savior. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I was never the same. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. If you're here today, you've never said, Lord, I want to trust you with my life. I want to trust you with what I can see, but most importantly, what nobody sees and my struggles and my battles and my thoughts. I want to trust you with that because at the end of the day, he's the only one that can deal with that. And if you're here today and you want to say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And you're here for the first or second time. Just want you to raise your hand really quick. All I want to do is pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I see your hand, my brother. Anybody else? I see your hand right there. That's what I'm talking about. I see your hand. I see your hand. I want you to understand something, young people. I was 13. I was 15 when it happened to me. My life was never the same. And I just want to pray for you for a second. Just close your eyes and just repeat after me, okay? Lord Jesus. Church, if you can help them out. Lord Jesus. Today, I open my heart to you. I receive you in my life as Lord and Savior. I thank you for paying for all my sins on the cross in Calvary. Today, I trust you with my life. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.